right, I want to welcome on our next guest. We've got Dan Helley, NFL Network host, play-by-play, Fox play-by-play, UFC, co-host the Helley Pod. He does it all. Dan, how are you doing? Zach, I'm not the co-host of the Helipod. I'm the host and He's creator the host. of the Helipod. The, the main host. He's the Helipad, Helipod. Have you, have you thought about doing that, getting a sponsored Helipod? Seeing if anybody can get, can get a Helipod, Helipad? Is that a thing? That's, you know, it's funny, Zach. You're probably too young to remember this, but when I was at Channel 4 in D.C., I would do something at the end of my sportscast called the Helipad. Oh, really? Which was a cartoon graphic of a big notebook with a helicopter taking off. And it would be news and notes that we didn't have time to get to in the sports cast. So yeah. uh, I went from the helipad to now the helipod. <laughs> and sometimes I even have to remind myself what it's, what it's called. I went on with uh, Andy Pullen yesterday um, on his radio show, and he said the helipad initially. I'm like, it's not the <laughs> helipad anymore. That's awesome. And then, and then so you've got some great guests I've seen. I know I was listening to the one you had with D'Angelo Hall. I know you had Jordan's. Age, you're Jordan's agent. I know you had Mike Silverman. You're getting everybody. I know you had, um, and then you said you're you're working on a couple of other guys. Is, is it is it? Yeah, we're, I'm, ho- I'm hoping to have I'm I'm hoping to have Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart come on oh, in wow. the future. Uh, Maurice Jones Drew is oh, cool. going to be on. Um, yeah, we just wrapped up uh, David Falk, who is Michael oh, cool. Jordan's agent. Uh, you've probably seen him. He's yeah. been making the rounds. He's been all over the place. He did Cowherd and SVP a couple of days ago, and. Um, it's interesting. I, I started it initially as an interview series, and I wanted to talk to athletes primarily about their rookie year because I feel like so many of the great stories from their playing days are from that rookie season. And then when they retire, there's almost like another rookie year. They yeah. have to figure out what they're doing next. And for so many of the guys that I've been talking to, that's broadcasting. Yeah. And I've been fortunate enough at NFL Network to kind of help shepherd these guys through their second career. So I've lived that rookie year for them uh, in broadcasting. And there's just so many great stories. I would sit in our green room and just talk to guys like Reggie Wayne and Michael Irvin and D'Angelo Hall and Willie McGinnis and just dozens and dozens of guys. And then the guests we would have come through about their playing days. And I'm like, gosh, if we could just get these stories that we're telling into the green room on camera or in front of a microphone, I, th- I think we have something really special here. And sometimes we can, but I think the most challenging thing at NFL Network is that you know, the show that I hosted for five years, NFL Total Access, is, is a one-hour show. Yeah. And these guys will fly from across the country and they'll do a segment, two segments, maybe three segments in a show. Those segments are generally between three and four minutes and there'll be two analysts on there. And you tee them up in a conversation and they're expected to talk from anywhere from yeah. 30 to 60 seconds. So over the course of an entire show, these guys might get three to four minutes to actually speak their mind. Yet in one of these podcasts like this, yeah. they could tell a five minute story. There's no producer in their ear telling them to rap. It's a more comfortable setting. When things are normal, I have a bar here in Manhattan oh, Beach cool. uh, that I go into and and shoot the podcast in, and we'll be drinking a beer. I want it to be as comfortable as possible. And I've, like you, Zach, I've had to do a couple of Zoom calls, and it's been great. I have some friends that have uh, been nice enough to come on, and Mike Silver, who wrote a book on Dennis Rodman, was the last episode, and he came in and talked about the the last dance, and he's now a reporter at NFL Network. We talked about Aaron Rodgers. He's close to Aaron Rodgers in that situation when they drafted Jordan Love. So we've had some good people, 
But when you can sit next to somebody and you can feel their vibe and look them in the eyes, I just feel like the interview is so much better than when we're doing this. Now, this is obviously better than nothing. And this is what we all have to work with right now. You know, some of the biggest and best podcasts in the world you see are are doing uh, Zoom interviews right now because that's what we have to do. So uh, we're making the best of it. But I, I really enjoy sitting down in the same room and we can be six feet apart. And as soon as we're going to get back to normal, we're going to start doing that again. Yeah. It's just weird. It's just, it's just been, it's been so long since you, you don't, you, there's really, you can feel super comfortable around people you don't know. Just got like, even the grocery, the grocery store feels like a mission. You're like, all right, where's he been? He's got a mask yeah. on, he's breathing. He's just chilling. He's not doing much. And then you're talking, talking last dance. We only have one more weekend of it, which is, I think it's crazy. We've kind of flown by. Has there been anything um, in it that just kind of like, you just, you were just like, left you speechless well i think the end of episode seven where jordan teared up when he was talking about basically his passion for basketball and his teammates and if they didn't want to play that way then um you know then maybe they they shouldn't play with him and you know he just kind of ended the interview abruptly and um that was unexpected i wasn't used to seeing that uh from him um the steve kerr story which which i knew to a certain extent, was interesting to hear. Uh, that's something Mike Silver also talked about on my pod. He grew up with Steve Kerr and is still oh, cool. good buddies with him. I just can't imagine, you know, I, I played high school sports. I didn't play in college, but I can only imagine, you know, a Jordan-esque type player. I went to Tennessee and, you know, imagine Peyton Manning just, you know, poking, you know, a backup cornerback who was half his size the whole time, the whole time, the whole time. And suddenly this back up or walk on cornerback decides he's going to fight Peyton Manning in the middle of practice. What must have gone through your head and how hard must Jordan have pushed his buttons for Steve Kerr to erupt and to punch him in his chest and then, and then to get his ass kicked by the best player on the planet. (laughs) Now it makes for a great story now, but in the moment that, I mean, that must've been terrifying. I know it's crazy. He's, Jordan's definitely not holding back, and Kerr, Kerr. I feel like Kerr, not against MJ, but Kerr could probably hold his own. He looks like he's he's kind of been there, <laughs> but it's it's wild. But it's just, just seeing that, and just seeing with Jordan, just with him and Scott Burrell, and just kind of it's just seeing Jordan in his own is just something different because you know he doesn't really do many interviews and really hasn't kind of a lot of the his his pub, uh, private life. It's really it's crazy to see him expose it here, all the stuff with his father and the gambling. The, the thing that blows my mind, I, I still can't is Rodman going to Vegas. I just I, I can't I can't picture that happening now. You'd be like, yeah, hey, you're good. We'll see you see you Thursday. So it, it that that it it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, that was something that that was something that really stood out. And it's funny too when you talk about Robin going to Vegas. I hate to keep bringing up the guys I've had on my podcast. But oh, yeah. Mike Silver actually went on one of those Vegas benders with Rodman. Wow. Rodman was in San Antonio before he joined the Bulls. Silver was writing for Sports Illustrated, got to know Dennis. It was right after a playoff series against the Lakers that the Spurs had won. And he flies back to San Antonio and then spur of the moment, it's nine o'clock. They say there's a 1030 flight to Vegas. Uh, They jump on the plane and go to Vegas for the night and just rage and then go back to San Antonio because there's like a big team dinner with spouses that Rodman didn't want to go to. But Jack Haley, who was kind of his liaison, if you will, Haley at that point was nearing the end of his career, also was on the Bulls for a little while with Rodman, but he was the one guy who could really get through to Rodman. They're in Vegas together. And he's like, 
waking him up at, you know, noon. He's like, hey, dude, we have to get back. Popovich wants us there for this this dinner with the whole team and personnel and spouse. And like, I, I don't want to be there with all the spouses. I don't want to do that. And he talks him into going and he gets him to fly back and he actually goes to the dinner. And it probably saved his career, really, because he would have imploded with San Antonio. Then he might have been untradeable. Then he may not have ended up with the Bulls. So yeah. um, it, there's so many. It's interesting to see the way things are intertwined. Rodman's certainly uh, a character. Another thing that's yeah. really stood out to me is I think we've forgotten how unbelievably talented Scottie Pippen was. Yeah. And they haven't given him enough credit in this documentary. When Scotty was carrying the Bulls, when Michael was playing baseball, I think he finished third or fourth in the MVP voting. Interesting. You know, he was, he was a top five player even when MJ was playing. And I just, he's been so overlooked because yeah. he was the Robin to Michael's Batman. But Scotty Pippen, you could make the argument he's one of the 20 greatest players to have ever played the game. And I know he only averaged 16 points per game, but he did everything well on every end of the floor. Yeah, they kind of. I know there was a the, was it the third episode or the second episode. They kind of gave put in some background on Scotty about his upbringing, about his family, college, kind of getting to the Bulls, and then. But I feel a lot a lot of it. Anytime they really talked about it, it's a lot of kind of the negative because they've talked about him with the migraine and Jordan clearly is still affected by that. And then in the last episode they were talking about when he wouldn't sub in, they just kind of ran the, the shot with, with Coach, Coach yeah. that, that, that Phil had Coach yeah. shoot. Yeah, that was just a it's a bad look. It was a bad look, man. Well, that's a low point. No, you're you're a hundred percent right. And yeah. Jordan said it in the doc. He may never live that down. And yeah. um a lot of people bring that up constantly. And that was that was a bad moment yeah. for Scotty. You know, but um we live in the world of a twenty four hour news cycle and a lot of people have bad moments and they're yeah. forgotten about by the next day. Yeah. And um that was I, I, I thought it was interesting that Scotty said he, if he had it to do all over again, he probably would have done the same thing. I, yeah. I don't know why he said no, that. I, no. I wish he would have just said, you know what? It was selfish. Yeah. I was upset. And I wouldn't do it again. Like, yeah. That's it. That's all you yeah. have to say. And then people yeah. forgive and forget and move on. But yeah. it's, instead to say, yeah. I would do it again, that, that, that's a guy I'd love to have on yeah. a podcast. Yeah. I'd love he, to talk to Scotty. Just, his interest, interesting stories just kind of – was he deep two? Deep two, right? Uh uh yeah like it was it, it was like arkansas pine bluff I don't so, remember. I don't, yeah something it's, it's crazy to see that but it's i think the document has been fantastic and then we've got one more week into that and then flipping over to the redskins finished up the draft a couple weeks ago chase young antonio gibson gandy golden is there anybody that really caught your attention that you're excited to see in september um I, I, I mean, I, I want to see Chase Young, obviously. Um, I want to see if he is going to be as potent coming off the edge as um, all of our draft experts said he would be. Um, a- Antonio Gibson is a really exciting running back uh, out of Memphis. Um, and I, I think the guy that could be a, a steal is Sadiq Charles. You know, he Interesting. had some issues at LSU, but he has the size. At ta- I mean, this is a guy that has first-round talent. Yes. He played on a national championship team and, and started and contributed and was one of the better players on that team. So to get him where they got him on uh, the fourth round, uh, 108th overall, I think is, uh, is a steal if he can keep his head on yeah. straight. Yeah. And I think the biggest challenge for a lot of these teams right now, especially with young players, 
is they're not going to have the time on the field to get them ready for games. You know, I do the preseason games for the Tennessee Titans, and I'm hoping we have a full preseason. Yeah. I don't anticipate having that. I think what this is, there's no inside knowledge whatsoever, but this is how I think it's going to go. I think they're going to have one preseason game. They'll have the full 16-week schedule, and then we get into the playoffs. I have no idea what's going to happen with college football. The state of California has already said that California uh, public universities, meaning UCLA and Cal, will not be on campus in the fall. So that means the Pac-12 is not going to have those two teams playing football. Now, there's going to be certain states where there are going to be kids on campus, but you have to have the kids on campus if you're going to have your players yeah. on the football field. So the SEC is going to be a little different. Yeah, I think um, – you know, there are going to be certain leagues that are playing football on time, and there are going to be certain leagues that aren't playing football. Yeah. But the NFL, they don't have to worry about kids on campus, and no. they can get enough tests, a la the UFC, and get it going. And yeah. I think no sports league outside of the UFC is, is better positioned than the National Football League to have games on time. Yeah, I agree with you about college football. I just can't see it happening. If there's no kids walking around on campus, most of their revenue is probably for coming from the gate. There's no fans coming in. I know that some of the bigger schools, like you're saying, SEC, they're gonna they're gonna do well because you've got all the big TV contracts. But the, the kids aren't the kids are student athletes. You're not gonna subject it to something, especially when the majority of them aren't getting revenue. So I think it's complete. Do you think that the NFL? I know they talked about it. May slate some some Sunday games over to Saturday late in the season, assuming there's no college football. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I don't think they want to do that because no. I, I, they want college football to go off as planned because they want the college football schedule to line up with the NFL schedule yeah. so they can do the combine on time, so they can do the senior bowl to scout these guys. If one of the things everybody's talking about is the college football season essentially moving to the spring, if yeah. that happens, that would really throw the NFL for a loop. Yeah. And you have to wonder if you're – you know, a blue chip prospect if you just don't if you just don't play. Because I, I, I don't know, you know, if I'm a first round pick, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, am I gonna want to play, you know, until June yeah. when I would normally be on an NFL roster because the draft would have already happened? I, I don't think so. I don't think I can take that chance, even with a massive insurance policy. I'm I'm out. I'm done. And that stinks. That sucks that these guys even have to think about that. Yeah. Um but if college football is not happening in the fall, I could absolutely see the NFL taking up the whole schedule. And we would see Thursday night games. We could see Saturday games. We could see Sunday games. We, we got four days yeah. of professional football. And, and that, that would be awesome, but it wouldn't be better than having college football no. going on and the NFL going on at the same time. I think I, I'm just very – we want everybody – get back to normal yeah. in the safest way possible. But yeah. as soon as we can return to a semblance of normalcy, yeah. I think it's going to help everybody. Yeah. And I think just, just football coming back, just, just, just Sunday's going back to normal. I think it'll just kind of restore a lot of normalcy. A lot of people's lives kind of just football is an escape for a lot of people. You kind of, you kind of just forget what's going on in the world for a little bit of time. It causes some joy ups and downs. You, Redskins fans, Sunday afternoons yeah. are not the best Redskins fans. Maybe we win a few games this year. But I think it's just it'll be good for everybody. And I think that it's just, just hopefully we're we're making everybody's making the right decisions and hopefully we can we'll have enough testing and we'll it'll be safe enough for everybody to sort of get going early September. Oh, I yeah, I I, I can't wait. You know, I I'm uh 
I'm really excited to see that the UFC was the first organization yeah. to get going. I was supposed to be um, hosting a pre-fight and post-fight show uh, on ESPN Plus um, this weekend. And they're going to, you know, obviously plans have changed. They canceled for a few weeks. But being back at action in Jacksonville yeah. and having a successful uh, card last weekend, yeah. they have more fights tonight. We're taping this on Wednesday. Oh, wow. Night. And then you can watch those on ESPN Plus. I think it might be on ESPN as well. And then on Saturday, they're going to have more fights from Jacksonville because the infrastructure is already in place yeah. there. So they're having three different cards in one week, and then they're going to try to get back to Vegas. Dana White has submitted a 30-page proposal to the governors uh, in both Nevada and Florida. Florida, you know, obviously said, all right, let's do it. Yeah. Um, and he's waiting to hear from Nevada. And if that happens, then I think you're going to see the next few UFC events in Nevada at a, a place called the UFC Apex, which is a, a smaller gym. Um, they have enough room for crowds for maybe like 100, 150 oh, wow. people. But there's not going to be, you know, there won't be crowds. They don't have to worry about that. They just need an octagon. Yeah. And then they're going to have some, they're still talking about this fight island um, when they're going to have these monster pay-per-view cards. So uh, they're, they're trending in the right direction. They're, they're testing everybody a couple of times uh, throughout the week. Um, and I think one of the things Dana White said that was really interesting, the president of the UFC, is that several other sports leagues have called him and said, how did you do it? How did you get going? Uh, can you give us your game plan? Interesting. And he's, he's sharing that with them to try to help them. That's interesting. And if they move to Fight Island, if you move it down like to where – the fire fest was supposed to be. You could can have the guys swimming with the pig, <laughs> swim with the pigs in the afternoon, and they can you can square up at night. You just gotta have having fun. Just make sure it's much more well planned. You gotta have villas this time. The the the, the, the FEMA tents are not gonna cut it. But yeah, yeah, but it, you can't just have you just can't have the tents there. God, that <laughs> documentary was unbelievable it, to watch. It, it's wild. But the, my favorite part of it, I think, it was overlooked, is when everybody all the, all the people got there and they just got on the bus and the bus driver's like, all right, where are we go? Where are we going? He didn't know what the hell was going on. They just got on the random bus. He's like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll go to the, the restaurant. It was, it's wild. It's Everybody wild. was so happy to be there, too. Like, <laughs> until they got there and we're all lined up, you know, and they're, even during the day, they, like, shuttle them to some restaurants and they're all doing fireball <laughs> shots and all this shit. And then they finally realize as nightfall comes, like, we're screwed. Not only is there nowhere to sleep, there's nowhere to go to get out of here what a disaster that was. No, and they were like, make sure you don't mention it's Pablo Escobar's island. And the <laughs> first scene of the first commercial, once owned by Pablo Escobar, I'm like, this is going to be a nightmare. Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, and then so when everything goes back to normal, everything's safe to do everything, what's the first thing you're looking forward to doing? Well, the first thing I think on the agenda for me is um, UFC. And I'm not sure if that's going to be doing some pre-fight and post-fight shows or calling the contender series. Got to just see how uh, things fall there. And then, um, and then Titans preseason, make a couple of trips to Nashville uh, whenever training camp opens up and uh, hang out with those guys for a little while. And then, you know, hopefully get the opportunity to call a couple of preseason games. But uh, like I said, I, I think there'll be one, um, maybe they have the full schedule. I, I don't know. I, I would be surprised though, if they had the full preseason slate, I think this is one of those opportunities where um, they're going to be probably going to three games here pretty, you know, after this season. So maybe they're already focused on just having uh, three. I mean, they did come out with the preseason schedules, yeah. which for the Titans was awesome because they're opening up uh, against the Redskins. At oh, FedEx, wow. Which, as you know, I'm yeah. a huge Redskins fan. So I've never called a game there before. Um, 
and then they played the Giants in Nashville. And then the third preseason game was slated to be against Brady and the Bucks. Oh, wow. And Brady trying to get acclimated to this new offense would have actually played. And as you know, Zach, the starters play usually half of that third preseason yeah. game. So to get a call, one of uh, Brady's games in a new uniform would be pretty cool too. So their, their preseason schedule is beautiful for a broadcaster. Um, if you're a player, you could probably care less about that preseason schedule though. And then for the Titans, are you excited to see what AJ Brown's able to do in your number two? Absolutely. I want to see if, uh, if Derek Henry can keep it up. Yep. Um, they lose Jack Conklin on the offensive line. Oh, yeah. So um, they, they, they have some, some holes to fill there. Um, I, this is a, it's a good football team, man. When you make it as yep. far as you did last year and you, and you, you beat new England in new England. Um, yeah. I don't know that anybody's going to unseat. Uh, I don't know. That anybody's going to unseat the AFC and Super Bowl champion, Kansas city chiefs for a long while, yep. but um, I like the way the Titans are doing things. Their general manager, John Robinson, uh, has drafted really well. Yeah. He's had a lot more hits than misses. Mike Vrabel, as a head coach, just demands respect from his players. Um, he's, you know, he saw it during the draft. He also has a, a kind of a funny side to him, too, when his son and his friend are kind of dressed up in costumes and, you know, doing their thing in the back. And uh, Vrabel was fully aware of what was going on. He just wanted to have some fun with a kind of a – an awkward, uh, weird situation doing the draft, you know, fully virtual. But um, I love uh, having the opportunity to call those games. It's I, I think this is going to be my fourth year doing it's it. It's awesome. And, um, you know, as, as you know, Zach, I'm a, I'm a University of Tennessee guy, and um, that allows me the opportunity to go back to that state and spend some time in the summer, and I, I thoroughly enjoy it. That's awesome. Did you see that thing? I think it was about a month ago when, they, when Peyton Manning surprised those kids in that Zoom call. Yeah, all the UT kids, the class, jumped on there. It's pretty cool, right? That's awesome. It's awesome. And then John Gruden, John Gruden did the same thing too. He couldn't figure out his Zoom camera. Uh, <laughs> then he, and then he figured it out and jumped on there too because way back when, John Gruden was a, a graduate assistant at Tennessee. And oh, there's I didn't know that. This massive flirtation between Gruden and Tennessee when he was in the Monday Night Football booth. Um, at least twice there were rumors that, you know, we called them groomers that uh, Gruden would come and become the new coach of the Vols. But um, that obviously never happened. And he goes to the Raiders and he's now working with my former coworker, Mike Mayock. And, uh, you know, hopefully with all those first round draft picks they had, they can be uh, headed in the right direction now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. And then for people that don't already follow you on social media, how can they find you? Yeah, it's just at Dan Helley on Twitter and Instagram. It's uh H-E-L-L-I-E, -E, and uh, the Helipod uh, is my last name. And then P-O-D, you can find that on all major podcast platforms, man. Zach, I love what you're doing, brother. This is awesome. This is really cool. Thank you. Thank you. I'm still working to get a good lighting set up. So what I've been doing is just taking off the lampshade. It makes it a little bit brighter. But there you I'm, go. Yeah, so it's all you can do. Is just, you just kind of position yourself with some natural light, just kind of just get going. Zoom, Zoom, I was using the wrong Zoom. I don't I don't know what the hell I was using because I kept having all these issues and they were like this is the one you download I'm like oh, I didn't know this one existed but it 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 it's it's, get, it's like you said it's much better to be chatting with people in person but this is, the best you can do is better than doing nothing and just figure it and then also want to just mention Trump donating all the proceeds from all the um all the proceeds from the podcast and um everything to feeding America I'm gonna place the link in the bio for everything on social media figure just give back a little bit as much if you can be great um if you can't totally understand and just if people if people a lot of people are struggling right now so if, if people can help give back 
um, I think we can just kind of help some people out that really, really need it. So I just figured, do the best you can. I'm not a first responder. I'm not a first responder. I'm not a frontline worker. If I can make any sort of a difference, that that's really what I'm trying to do. Well, good so. job, brother. I uh, I appreciate you having me on, and good luck with everything. Okay. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Thanks again, and I'll absolutely stay in touch. And HGTR, hopefully we can have a good season. I, I'm hoping I'm hoping Haskins can can get it together. Fingers crossed. Me too, Zach. Take care.